This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, welcome to our regular sports show from The Straits Times, Game of Two Halves. I'm sports editor Lee Yulin, and with me are my colleagues Rohit Brishna, Suzali Abdul Aziz, and Nicole Chia. Hi, everyone. Hi, 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 hi. So yesterday was what I now call terrible Tuesday. The Tokyo Olympics were postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. While at home, the Ministry of Health introduced a slew of stringent measures to curb the spread of the disease. Now it's been an open secret for a few days that the Olympics would have been postponed. Rohit, now that the decision has been made, what's the reaction been? Yeah, I think I would think that most at least. People will obviously have a slightly mixed feeling. Um, everybody, this is a four-year plan for most people. It's an eight-year plan for other people, and and obviously when it, when it stopped, it's, it's very disappointing. But at the same time, I think they understand what the health considerations are at this time. And I think what athletes need most—I think the word that Joseph Schooling uses—is clarity. They want to know where they stand. They want to know, okay, this is where we stand. We've got another year to go. Okay, so what do I do? Do I have to talk to my employers? I have to talk to my school? I, I need more time. I need more sponsorship. So I think what they need to do is to set their program. So this is, in a way, it's a disappointment and you need to relief. I think it's two things at once. So Rohit, I mean, you you know, you talked about clarity, right? So, but there are still many issues that have yet to be resolved. So what are some of these issues? Yes, I think clarity is as far as just the athlete is concerned. But even for athletes, they do, okay, it's not going to be held now. But they're still not sure about the qualifiers. You know, when, when even the countries are still really, really for this, this virus, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So we don't know when the qualifiers are going to be. So there's a great uncertainty about that. Are they going to be three months, in six months, and nine months? How do you train when you peak? So there is a lot of uncertainty there as well. And of course, then, you know, they've got to, what are they going to do about ticket sales? What's going to happen about all the various suppliers to the Olympics? What's going to happen to insurances? So there are, I think, thousands of unanswered questions. And I think it's something that nobody has been prepared for. It hasn't. There's no rule book or handbook on this because it never happened before. And so I think there is going to be, there's already a lot of suffering in the world. And I think at least for a lot of people who invested a lot of money in this, there's going to be some suffering there as well. Yeah, I, I think this issue of qualification is really multifaceted. Uh, you know, as Rohit mentioned, for those qualifiers that um, were postponed or disrupted because of the coronavirus, there's a question mark over where and when they will take place. For example, I know qualifiers for certain sports that were supposed to be scheduled in February or March in China and Japan and South Korea. They moved it to the Middle East a couple of months later, thinking that maybe the coronavirus would not spread there or be an issue there two months down the road. But clearly, it has become a global issue. And some events also moved to Europe. And then, obviously, Europe is now also struggling with the COVID-19 virus. So, that's one issue. Another one is for athletes who have already qualified. You know, I think some of them might be sweating if the International Federation uh, for Sports decide to introduce a new qualifying window, which renders maybe their sport a bit null or void, perhaps. Because, you know, the whole idea of Olympics is to have the best of the best there. Meaning, you know, obviously that the window is now different. So, as you said, Yulin, there's a lot of issues that are still to be resolved. And, and I think in the coming weeks, we'll get, as Rohit and Schooling said, more clarity in this area. That's a good point, Sazali. I think if you ask, I think it's only fair that people who have already qualified for the 2020 Olympics should be also considered as qualified for 2021. That's what I feel. I understand that, you know, next year there may be better people and, you know, performances may improve. But I think it's very difficult to penalize people 
who did what they needed to do to qualify for the Olympics this year. And at the other point, as well, the good issue is that now this, this is a pandemic, it's a global pandemic, so you cannot have qualifiers almost anywhere. And you don't know for how long, you know, whether yes. it's going to last three months, six months. So there is still a certain level of uncertainty. Yes, I, and I think the inconsistency also is that different sports have different rules. So you might keep your place in swimming, but you might not keep your place in another sport. I think that's Absolutely. the uncertainty. Okay, now in sport, you know, there are winners and losers broadly, right? So now, in terms of this scenario, do you see any winners and losers? Yeah, I mean, definitely going to be some level. I mean, I'm really feeling so terrible for, you know, the people who invested in these games. You know, they can just be, you know, just a small company which is making merchandise, you know, for the Olympics. And now what do you do with that merchandise? They have uh, food supplies and hotels and, you know, they people who have bought tickets, you know, and made plans or you know, taken leave. And they, they, I think, of course, they all understand that the health of people and the nation is far more important. That, of course, is there, but still, I guess, disappointing for people. And then, I guess, you know, for certain athletes, I think I might have mentioned it last time as well, you know, there, there are people who are in pink form, you know, who, who are getting ready to be in pink form for July this year and who may never find that form again next year. So, a lot of people who may be too old Next year, one year can make a difference, you know, to somebody who may be 33 and the next year 34. In one year, somebody who is in, you know, really good physical condition now could be injured next year. So I think, you know, there are going to be people whose hearts are going to be broken, which of course they would tell you is the very nature of sport itself. Right. Okay. Thank you. Now, if you like the Straight Times game of two halves, you can listen live on Money FM 89.3 from 5.15 every Monday. Or you can subscribe to Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts or Spotify. Like us and give us a rating. And now we move to the second half of the show where we will talk about the impact of the Ministry of Health's new measures to encourage social distancing. Sazali, can you tell us briefly what the new MOH measures that affect sports are? Yeah, sure. Basically, in a nutshell, all organised sport events in Singapore are not allowed to take place from March 26 to April 30th under the new MOH guidelines. It's part of a wider move by the MOH to reduce the risk of transmission of the COVID-19 virus simply by reducing the number of gatherings. So recreational sports may still take place if there are fewer than 10 people, but generally the idea is to just not have people gather in social groups for non-essential reasons or for non-essential reasons. You and Cole have been examining the impact of the new measures on the local sport team. Can you tell us what you have found out? Yeah, so um, it's a very wide-ranging measure by the MOH and it affects all levels of sport. You know, most notably the professional Singapore Premier League of Singapore's National Football League. It has been suspended. There are 17 games scheduled between now and April 30th and um, all those games have been pushed to a later date which FAS will sort of have to decide when they will take place. Not only games, training sessions have also been halted. I got confirmation from the Football Association of Singapore today that they sent out an advisory to clubs saying that clubs are not allowed to train. And this is the new reality almost. It's almost unthinkable for a sportsman or a football player to, to not kick a ball for five weeks with his teammates in the middle of the season. But this is just something that they have to deal with. Yeah, and obviously there's impact on private gyms and fitness studios also. I mean, even before the latest guidelines were announced, you know, some gyms were already taking steps 
things like increasing space between stations to social distance and you're also removing equipment that tends to soak up more perspiration like those resistance bands and also sandbags. So these are some of the steps that gyms here were already taking even before the guidelines. And there are other gyms, you know, like Boom and Level, they went as far as to voluntarily decide to close to reduce chances of community transmission. So now some of these gyms have also already started announcing changes to their class structures on social media pages. So, so things like they're reducing class sizes but introducing more timings or things like, you know, alternate timings, things like that. And a lot of these gyms also have or are already in the process of launching virtual workouts. So these are live sessions that, you know, you can tune into on Instagram Live or home workouts that members can do at their own time and at their own pace. That's a lot of changes. So how are people taking to these disruptions? Can you let us know, for instance, how the football teams, the coaches and the players are feeling about having to not train or even having to adapt their routines? Yeah, like, like I said, you know, it's such a strange thing for if you're a professional footballer and you're told, you know, you can't kick a ball with your teammates on the field for five weeks in the middle of the season. Uh, I think usually even the off-season period is shorter than that between seasons. So, yeah, I think everybody admits it's a disruption, no doubt. But at the same time, I think generally the sensing we get from the coaches and the officials and the players that we have spoken to is that this is something for the greater good. You know, I mean, hopefully once all these measures will result in the flattening of the curve, which will sort of see normal life resume. And yeah, you know, so they're doing their part. You know, and like you said, you know, they have had to modify some of their plans for players. One coach says that the club are planning to give their players homework basically for them individualized training plans for them to do on their own time and at their own convenience but basically they are all scrambling to sort of come up with some kind of plan to keep their players fit because five weeks is a pretty long time in professional sports and if a player does not really you know look after himself it could be really damaging right and nicole how are the weekend warriors and the gym junkies adjusting to the new measures yeah, actually, I think for the gyms, you know, I don't think they were caught off guard because they had already been following the news and, you know, adapting to whatever measures were announced as they came along. So for them, this wasn't really a big surprise, more adaptations to do. And of course, some gyms are expecting to lose revenue, you know, if you're shutting for a while or reducing class sizes and people may not come as often. But like Fazali said, they're all seeing this as for the greater good. And for the most part, I think most of these weekend warriors or gym junkies, they've also been receptive to this because a lot of us are now all working from home so maybe getting out going to the gym is the only chance some of these people get to go outside and I don't think they're likely to jeopardize that right well there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week thanks Rohit, Zazali and Nicole we hope you enjoyed listening to Game of Two Halves do follow us on Spotify Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and Rata that was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.